What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And I told you guys in the previous episode that we were blessed with a incredible slate of college football matchups this weekend. And there were just so many intriguing matchups that there were more football games that I wanted to talk about. So I'm back to you guys with some more college football week five preview and predictions. Going to be talking about Florida taking on Kentucky, Baylor taking on Oklahoma State. We have Auburn and LSU and Michigan going on the road to face Wisconsin. Like this is a very great time to be a college football fan because there's a lot of great matchups so many good matchups and there's even more great matchups that are going to be played next weekend so I'm really excited to talk about these games man if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast welcome thank you for tuning in make sure that you follow me on my social media platforms you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore once again you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. Now, Florida is going to be taking on Kentucky. Florida enters this game as a eight and a half point favorite. They are currently ranked 10th in the nation. And Kentucky is 4-0. And there are a lot of Kentucky fans who feels like this team should be ranked. Now, when you look at Kentucky... They survived South Carolina last week, 16-10. to And that was a very scary game, man. Like, I really thought that South Carolina was going to be able to pull off the upset because there's been a lot of upsets happening so far during this year's college football season. When you look at Kentucky, I'm kind of disappointed in what I've seen out of their offense so far this year. Okay, week one, they were running it up. It looks like this offense evolved. And this offense kind of still is the same. It's still the run the ball down your throat offense. They still struggle to have success in the passing game. And I really thought that this was going to be the year that Kentucky's offense would evolve to what the majority of college football is doing. I know a lot of Kentucky fans are going to say, well, JT, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I understand that. And yes, Kentucky is 4-0. But if Kentucky is ever going to make that next jump, into becoming a legitimate national championship contender, you're going to have to evolutionize your offense. We've seen Georgia have to do it. Georgia has had this smash mouth mentality for a very long time. And eventually Kirby Smart realized that, hey, if we're going to be able to win in this day and age of college football, we're going to have to evolutionize on offense. And when you look at Will Levis, you know, his first game, he lit the world on fire. Everybody was talking about how great he was. And then after that, he kind of has cooled down a little bit. He's thrown for 902 passing yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Now, running back Chris Rodriguez may be the best running back in the SEC so far this season. He's had 85 carries, 513 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and he's averaging six yards per attempt. And Kentucky's defense is really good. This is one of the 
best defenses, not only in the SEC, but in the nation. And you're playing a Florida team that is a lot better than what a lot of people were expecting heading into this year. Because before the season began, there were a lot of people saying that we know George is going to win the SEC East this year, but who's going to end up finishing up runner up behind Georgia? You know, a lot of people really felt like Florida was going to get challenged for that crown by Kentucky, by Missouri. And so far, you know, Florida has looked really good. Now, their offense isn't what it was last year. We know what that Florida offense was with Kyle Trask at the helm. You had Kadarius Tony, you had Kyle Pitts. This was pretty much a very beautiful passing attack that Florida orchestrated last year. And this year, completely different. You know, the passing game isn't all that pretty, but this is one of the best rushing attacks in all of college football. And we saw what this rushing attack did to Alabama not too long ago. Alabama didn't have an answer for it. Now, when you look at Kentucky, Kentucky is one of the best teams in the nation when it comes to stopping the run. They are fifth in college football, rushing yards per game allowed. And you can say that Kentucky hasn't really been tested against a team with a legitimate running game up to this point. And Florida, this also is the best team that Kentucky has played up to this point of the season. So I want to see how this Kentucky defense is going to handle this rushing attack of Florida because it's not just about, you know, the talented running back room that Florida has. They have a lot of talented halfbacks, but you also have to account for Emory Jones' ability to scramble. You also got to account for his ability to run the football and read options or design quarterback runs. And Emory Jones has played very well, in my opinion, over the last two weeks. You look at the Alabama game, he played pretty good. I think he had his best game of his career last week against Tennessee when he finished 21 of 27 for 209 pass yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And he also ran for 144 rushing yards. And there were there was a time, you know, before the Alabama game came up that I made a video and said, you know, should Florida end up starting Anthony Richardson? Who should start Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson? And remind you that I love Emory Jones. I want Emory Jones to succeed. And so far, Emory Jones has kind of, you know, right the ship per se because you know when they played against FAU and USF at the start of the year he kind of struggled he kind of got outplayed by AR-15 but so far you know over the last couple of weeks when we're in the midst of you know the college football season we're entering that conference late Emory Jones has picked up his performance now I know he's still you know not as great as a passer as you know Florida fans will like him to be but he definitely is improving and he's kind of on a hot streak right now so this is pretty much the battle of who potentially could finish in second place in the sec east you know by a lot of people but me personally looking at this florida team i think that florida is more than capable of being able to compete with georgia and being able to win against georgia but also you know don't sleep on kentucky because although kentucky's offense you know still hasn't evolved the way I hoped that it would. This is still a really good offense. You know, you also got Wondell Robinson at wide receiver. You have a really good offensive line and you have a pretty good defense. So for Florida, I think that this is going to be a dogfight. When you think about the majority of the couple of meetings that these two teams have had, they have came down to the wire outside of 2020, you know, when it was a shellacking. You know, the majority of times when Kentucky and Florida plays, these are games 
that normally are decided by the last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. Now for Kentucky, I'm really concerned about this offense. And this is why I'm concerned. When you have an offense that's predicated on ball control and running the football, you can't have three turnovers. They had three turnovers last week against South Carolina, and they narrowly escaped. If they played a better team that's slightly better than South Carolina, they probably would have lost. They also have one of the worst turnover margins in America, so they don't take care of the football. And the problem with that is, okay, I know you're going to have some miscues. You're going to have some turnovers every once in a while. But if you're going to have a run-heavy offense and you're going to be chewing up a lot of time off the clock, you can't afford to cough up possessions because if you get the ball with, 15 minutes in the second quarter and you have an eight minute drive and you cough up the football you basically just wasted the majority of that quarter and came away with nothing so it's really important that Kentucky holds on to the football in this game because you don't want to give Florida any extra possessions their defense is good enough that they can bail them out if Kentucky does have at least two turnovers but if Kentucky ends up having another sloppy performance like they did last week they're not only going to lose this game but they're going to get embarrassed as well because this is definitely a Florida team that if you give them good field position they're going to capitalize on it and when you look at Florida's run defense Florida's run defense is really good 28th in America right now allowing 110 rushing yards per game and 3.1 yards per attempt so I want to see what's going to happen or what could happen if Kentucky doesn't have success running the football will Will Levis be able to beat Florida throwing the football through the air if he has to. I don't really know. And I know Kentucky does have some playmakers. You do have Wanda Robinson at receiver. You do have some pretty solid receivers on your team. But I don't really know if this offense is capable of being able to get the job done through the air because this is still an offense that looks predicated towards running the football. So I don't really know. But you look at Kentucky, they are 12th right now in rushing yards per game having 238.2 and also they're averaging 5.5 yards per carry so this is definitely one of the best rushing football teams that we have in the country and you look at how good Florida is when it comes to running the football this is going to be really interesting to watch because I want to see what's going to happen if Kentucky can't win throwing the football now when you look at Florida you could probably say the same thing but the difference is you know I think Emory Jones is a better passer than what we give him credit for. I think the problem with Emory Jones is just that sometimes he doesn't make the best decisions with the football. And over the last couple of weeks, he's played pretty well. I know he didn't have pretty passing numbers against Alabama, but last week against Tennessee, he was really solid. And I know Tennessee isn't Kentucky. Kentucky is a way better defense, but I'm definitely convinced that Emory Jones has turned the corner. Even with AR-15, you know, despite if he plays in this game or not, if he's still banged up with that injury, I still feel like Emory Jones is going to be good enough to get Florida this victory over Kentucky. So I'm going to take Florida in this game to beat Kentucky I'm going to say 
27 to 24 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. The majority of these matchups have been decided by, you know, a pretty small margin. So I think that continues. I don't really think we're going to see a blowout in this game. I think this game, once again, is going to come down to the last ticking minutes in the fourth quarter. I think Florida is going to be able to get the victory because if Kentucky can't run the football, then I don't really think they're going to be that effective throwing the football. And I'm not saying that you know, Florida has a lights out secondary or anything like that. I'm not saying that Kentucky is not capable of being able to win this game. They have to throw the football. I'm just saying that if one of these teams were to have the worst go wrong and that's Florida not being able to run the football effectively, I still think that Florida could still win if they have to get into a matchup where they are forced to throw the football. And I know you, you, that may rub some Kentucky fans the wrong way and things like that, but that's how I believe that's how I kind of see this team and Florida is a really good football team man like I think a lot of people right now are sleeping on Florida because this team is a lot better you go back you look at that Alabama game a lot of people were shocked right now this Florida team is playing some really good football and when you look at Kentucky it looks like they're just escaping by and there's nothing wrong with you know winning you know a win is a win but also at the same time you look at how Kentucky is winning I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to win the ways they've been winning the last couple of games against Florida I'm going to take Florida with the victory Next up, we have one of the most underrated games in America being played. We have number 21 ranked Baylor, who currently is 4-0, taking on Oklahoma State, who is ranked 19th and also is 4-0. Oklahoma State enters this game as a 3.5-point underdog. This game is going to be played 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. And I have a little bit of a problem with this game because I don't understand why this game isn't played in a primetime slot on ABC at 7.30, like, I don't really understand why Indiana and Penn State is being broadcasted to, you know, uh, American-wide audience when Indiana hasn't really been all that good, and it's nothing wrong with Penn State, but I just feel like this is a better matchup if you're going to put it on ABC, you know, I kind of feel like this game deserves the prime time slot or even Georgia or Arkansas deserves the prime time slot. I don't really understand why this game is being played on ESPN2 when this game really should be played on ABC. But, you know, I'm not the dude who does the scheduling. But if I was, you know, making the scheduling for what time these teams should play and what channel they should play on, I probably would have this team these two teams playing on ABC. And I think the reason for that is because I don't really think a lot of people have been paying attention to these two teams. You know, Baylor has surprised a lot of people this year. Baylor head coach Dave Aranda has led a quick turnaround. Remember, Baylor was 2-7 and seven last year in 2020 when he was taking over for Matt Rule, who currently is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And I didn't expect Baylor to be that good this year. So you look at Baylor, the fact that they're 4-0, is really impressive and you can't say Baylor hasn't been tested they haven't played anybody because they beat Iowa State last week now I still don't really know how good of a team Iowa State is but you know that's still a very big victory for this Baylor program now you know it wasn't really a pretty win they got the win 
Um, despite being out gained 479 yards to 282 yards, you also had Iowa State who had more first downs than Baylor, 27 first down to Baylor's 15 first downs. They also lost in the town possession battle. Iowa State held the ball for 35 minutes. And on top of that, Iowa State ran like more plays than Baylor. Iowa State ran 73 plays to Baylor's 52, but Baylor was still able to pull off the upset. And when you look at Baylor's defense, I think what makes Baylor's defense so underrated is the fact that they're really good at creating havoc plays. Now, havoc plays are, you know, plays when somebody tackles the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Basically, they're plays that are made by the defense that result in a negative loss, pretty much. And Baylor right now currently is second in the Big 12 in Havoc plays. They create Havoc plays 18.2% of the time. That's second best in the Big 12. Baylor also has a really balanced offense, okay? You got a really good quarterback in Bohana. He's completed 73% of his passes, 823 passing yards, seven touchdowns, no picks. He's also ran for four touchdowns, 112 rushing yards. You look at the two running backs they have, and Tristan and Abraham, I... Arbrim Smith, excuse me, I can't talk, man. Like, I need to drink some water, man, but I ain't got no water. But anyway, you know, this is a pretty good and solid Baylor football team, man. Um, You look at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State has changed a lot. Because I remember when you think of Oklahoma State a couple of years ago, they were throwing the football around, they didn't play any defense, and now we fast forward to 2021, Oklahoma State, they're actually running the football and they're playing great defense. I can't remember the last time we ever said that about Oklahoma State. Like Oklahoma has changed our identity so much over the last couple of years, man. Like, can you believe that Oklahoma State is 10th in America? When it comes to running the football, and I'm not talking about rushing yards per game. I'm talking about like, you know, running plays being called. They call running plays 64% of the time. I remember a time when we rarely saw Oklahoma State running the football. They were always throwing it all over the place. Remember when they had Mason Rudolph and James Washington? Like now it's just so crazy how much Oklahoma has changed, man. Like they run the football and they play great defense. It's really crazy. Meanwhile, everybody else in college football is throwing the football all over the place and playing subpar defense. Really crazy. Look at Spencer Saunders. Spencer Saunders has played pretty well this year, and Mike Gundy gave him a lot of praise in his press conference this week. He was asked about, you know, the improvement that Spencer Saunders has made. He said that Spencer Saunders has improved a lot compared to this year versus last year, and he had a very good game against Kansas State. He was 22-34 for 344 passing yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. You also look at Jalen Warren, who I think is their best playmaker on offense. He leads the team in rushing yards with 387. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, and he has four touchdowns on the year. Now, Mike Gundy expects this game to be close. He was saying that also in his press conference. He gave a lot of praise to Dave Aranda and this Baylor football team, and he thinks that this game most likely is going to be decided in the fourth quarter. He also still feels like this offensive line for Oklahoma State has a way to go. They're playing solid, but they're still not up to the level that they want to see and when I look at Baylor 
okay? You look at that Iowa State win. Iowa State was really close to pulling off that victory. So I want to see if Baylor is going to end up being in a letdown situation because Baylor is coming off a very big win against a ranked opponent and this program you know looks like it's trending upward so this could be the perfect time for a letdown spot if you are a Baylor fan and Oklahoma State is a three and a half point favorite going into this game so I'm probably going to end up going with Oklahoma State to win this game when I look at Oklahoma State, I really like their defense. I think their defense is going to be able to give this Baylor offense a pretty good test because Iowa State has a pretty good defense, but I think that Oklahoma State's defense this year is going to be really good. I think they probably are going to end up having the best defense in the Big 12 this year. I like their defense a lot. I'm really confident in it, and I also like how Baylor's offense has played, but you know, I really think that that Oklahoma defense is going to have a coming out party in this game, so I'm going to take Oklahoma to win. I'll say they'll win this game. 31 to 24 is my final score prediction in this game. Okay, so we have 4-0 Michigan currently ranked 14th according to the AP Top 25 poll going on the road to face 1-2 Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a two-point favorite in this game. This game is going to be played on Fox 12 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. Now, this game is going to reveal just how good this Michigan football team is because they barely were able to beat Rutgers. And I was kind of trying to tell people last week that that Rutgers game could be, you know, an upset game. That was a game that I was very confident that Rutgers... Even though I didn't pick them to win, I still felt like they were going to be able to keep that game close. And they did really closer than what I expected. I thought that Rutgers was going to lose by 10 points, but I didn't expect them to lose by a field goal. And Michigan barely survived. Rutgers outgained Michigan in total yards, rushing yards, 196 to 112 first downs. But I really felt like that fumble they had kind of is what tilted the game in Michigan's favor. Now, Michigan... I am wondering, are they going to be able to throw the football against Wisconsin's defense? And the reason why I ask that question is because I know Wolverine fans right now are going to say, JT, right now we currently have the best rushing attack in America, which is true. But you're looking at a red-hot Wisconsin defense that had allowed only three rushing yards to Notre Dame last week. Let me repeat that. Wisconsin only gave up three rushing yards against Notre Dame last week. Now, I understand that Michigan probably has a better offensive line than Notre Dame because Notre Dame lost a lot of guys to the NFL last year during the draft, and they're still trying to, you know, figure out how to best maximize what they have on the offensive line, and Notre Dame's offensive line has struggled pretty much for the whole entire season. But to allow only three rushing yards, that's something that has to definitely have Michigan fans kind of, you know, a little bit worried because we haven't really seen K. McNamara mirror have to do a lot you know he all he really has to do is manage the game he hasn't really been put in a spot where he has to really carry the load offensively for Michigan so I always want to know what will a team do when their strength is taken away because you're only good as your weakest link that's what they say so for Michigan how good is this passing game 
because you always have to prepare for the worst. And if the worst happens for Michigan and you have to beat Wisconsin throwing the football, can you do it? Like I said, McNamara hasn't really been asked to do that much. He hasn't really been put in a situation where he's been forced to have to win the game. So if Wisconsin's defense ends up being really good this week against the Michigan run game, then I want to see how effective this passing attack for Michigan is going to be. Because you look at that Wisconsin front seven, there are a lot of talented guys. They have a really good defensive line. They have really good linebackers, and they're really good at creating pressure on the quarterback. I believe they had six sacks last week against Notre Dame. Now, you are facing a better offensive line, but at the same time, you know, that's still a really good defense, and Wisconsin has been really good when it comes to stopping the run this year. Now, Wisconsin's offense has looked terrible. And I don't really like to single out players because that's not really how I like to build this channel on. But, you know, Graham Mertz, man, like, he has to play better. You got to remember, he was supposed to be the guy who dethroned Jack Cohen. He was supposed to be better than Jack Cohen. He was supposed to be the best quarterback that Wisconsin has had since Russell Wilson. And so far this season, he hasn't really been able to get into rhythm. He was 18-41 against Notre Dame last week, 240 passing yards, one touchdown. He threw four interceptions. Like, it hasn't really been a great outing so far for Graham Mertz this season. And I know he doesn't really have the greatest talent at wide receiver and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he was overthrowing guys who were wide open. He wasn't seeing wide open guys. Like, can Graham Mertz get into a rhythm in this game? Because it's not like he's playing behind a terrible offensive line. It's not like he doesn't have weapons. Like, yeah, he doesn't have a star-studded group of wide receivers, but he does have a pretty solid um, group of receivers to throw the football to. So, really, I really feel like what's holding back Wisconsin's offense is Graham Mertz. And Wisconsin's defense is talented enough that, you know, they can overcome two turnovers. Before turnovers, that's not really the ideal situation that you want your defense in. And when you're playing a team like Michigan that's going to pound the ball down your throats, you're not going to get a lot of possessions. You're not going to also have a lot of opportunities to score. So if you're Wisconsin and you run a similar style offense as Michigan, smash mouth, ball control, True time off the clock, you can't end up having the ball for eight minutes out of 15 and then come up empty. That's not winning football. That's not what Wisconsin is. Wisconsin has always been known for being a well-coached, disciplined team that doesn't beat themselves. And right now, Wisconsin looks like the complete opposite of that. Wisconsin looks like a team that's beating themselves. And I think a large reason for that is Graham Merce. Now, also, the wide receivers have kind of struggled to create separation. They don't really have a dynamic number one option there so when you look at Wisconsin I'm not saying that this is all on Grant Mertz but I do believe that he is the root of the problem for this Wisconsin offense and you look at this Michigan defense Michigan's defense is better than Notre Dame's defense in my opinion okay Notre Dame's defense has came on over the last couple of weeks but this Michigan defense has been playing some really outstanding football ever since week one so when I look at the Michigan defense they have a really good defensive line that's really Really good at creating pressure, getting pressure on the quarterback. So I'm looking at this offensive line for Wisconsin. How are they going to be able to hold up? Because Wisconsin's offense does have some experience. There's a lot of talent here, but 
these are two physical game these are two physical teams that play physical styles of football they want to run the football until you prove you can stop it so what's going to be really important is what are michigan and wisconsin going to do if they get put into third and long situations and they have to throw the football are they going to be able to have success or are they going to come up short i want to see just how effective of the passing game is for wisconsin and michigan and if you're wisconsin if graham Merce continues to struggle if you're the head coach of Wisconsin, you have to wonder, you know, at some point, if Graham Merce doesn't improve, do you take him out? That's also a very interesting element that you have to take into account. And when you look at Michigan, if the run game can't get going and they have to lean on a passing game, how reliable is it going to be against a really snobby and snaggy Wisconsin defense? You know, I'm, I'm creating words, but this is a really good defense. You know, these are two physical football teams. We're going to see a pretty low-scoring affair. We're probably not going to see a lot of offense. Both of these two teams are going to try to get the run game going. Don't be surprised if you end up seeing this game going into halftime with a score of, you know, 3-7 to seven or 10-7. to seven. There's not going to be a lot of points played and being put up in this game. And this game probably is going to be all that pretty. But the team that wins this game is most likely going to end up finishing on the winning side of the turnover margin. I also think the team that's able to have the more successful day through the air is going to win, whichever quarterback plays better. And on top of that, whichever team is able to have the most success on third down is going to be who I think will end up winning this game. I'm going to take Michigan. And the reason why I'm going to take Michigan to win this game is simply for the fact that, you know, Graham Mertz hasn't played well. He's been turning the football over. The wide receivers haven't really been all that great at creating separation. And I don't really think this Michigan defense is going to allow Wisconsin to dictate this game running the football. If you're the defensive coordinator for the Wolverines, what I would do is I pretty much would stack the box and force Wisconsin to have to beat me throwing the football with Graham Mertz. Make Graham Mertz show me that he has what it takes to be the starting QB for Wisconsin. And if you're a Michigan fan and Wisconsin doesn't have success running the football, you feel pretty doggone good about your chances. Now, one thing about Wisconsin is that their defense is going to keep them in this game until they get to a point where they're just gas and Wisconsin just keeps going through and now they can't get anything going on offense because that's what we saw happen last week when Wisconsin played Notre Dame. Wisconsin had the game going in to the fourth quarter very close and then Notre Dame ended up breaking away and this was without Jack Coyne the defense just got tired the offense wasn't doing anything and they had too many turnovers so I'm going to take Michigan to win this game I think Michigan wins 20 to 10 is my final score prediction in this game The last game that we have to talk about, we have Auburn, who is 3-1, currently ranked 22nd in the nation, going on the road to take on LSU. LSU is a a 3.5-point favorite. This game is going to be played on ESPN. Now, there are a lot of LSU fans who feels like this team should be ranked. This is the game to prove it, because ever since LSU lost to UCLA, haven't really heard that much about it. But they did have a pretty solid win against Mississippi State. Now you face Auburn. Now when you look at Auburn, Auburn kind of has a little bit of controversy going on because we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback 
for the Tigers in this game. We don't know if it's going to be Bo Nix or if it's going to be TJ Finley. Now, Bo Nix... You know, I thought that Bo Nix would improve under Brian Harsons, but, you know, he still hasn't really been all that great. And eventually against Georgia State, Brian Harsons got tired of him. He put in TJ Finley late in the third quarter and their win against Georgia State. So we don't really know which quarterback is going to end up trotting out here. Now, obviously, you know, LSU knows a good amount about T.J. Finley because T.J. Finley used to play for LSU. He started a couple of games for them last year, and then he ended up transferring out during this past year's offseason. So LSU knows a pretty good amount about um, T.J. Finley and Bo Nix also. So really... I don't really think that, you know, the advantage is going to be tilted in Auburn's favor when it comes to not knowing who the quarterback is, because I know there's going to be some Auburn fans who want to say, well, JT, LSU has to prepare for two different quarterbacks. Like, I don't really think that's going to be that big of a factor, because being honest, like, you look at the wide receivers for Auburn, they haven't really been great, and the wide receivers for Auburn have not played well to the point that... Auburn fired their wide receiver coach. So they got rid of their wide receiver coach. Their wide receivers haven't really been that great at creating separation. So pretty much Tank Bigsby is the majority of the offense for Auburn and the running backs that Auburn has. Now the run game has been Auburn's strong suit. And you got to ask yourself, how does LSU game plan to stop Tank Bigsby and the talented running backs that Auburn currently has in their roster? And head coach Ed Orgeron was asked about this in his press conference. And the question that he was asked, he was like, okay, Coach Orgeron, we know how great Tank Bigsby is. How do you plan to slow him down? And then Orgeron basically said this, and I quote, he said that he runs with low pad level. He runs north-south. We're going to have to tackle him. We're going to have to get lower than him. We're going to have to gain tackle him. He possesses a problem. He possesses a innate ability to break through game tackles and break through, you know, arm tacklers per se. So we're going to have to be able to make sure that we can do everything to stop him is pretty much what Ed Orgeron said. So pretty much what Ed Orgeron said in his press conference was, if we're going to stop Tank Bigsby, we're going to need an army, pretty much. And I'm really intrigued to see how LSU handles Tank Bigsby in the running game of Auburn because the last time I saw LSU match up against a physical football team that liked to run the football, that was week zero or week one, excuse me, when they were defeated by UCLA. And UCLA had a lot of success running the football on this LSU defense. So I want to see just how much has this run defense for LSU improved from week one when they were first defeated by UCLA to this game against Auburn because if they can slow down Tank Bigsby in the running game for Auburn then this game drastically favors LSU because you look at LSU they have a very good pass rush they currently lead the SEC in sacks with 18 and you also got to look at the fact that Auburn's wide receivers haven't really been all that great this year and you have the controversy at quarterback so when you look at Bo Nix I feel like Bo Nix is most likely going to end up getting the start 
I don't really know if Brian Harsons would start TJ Finley when this game is going to be a road game. It's going to be on the road. And you look at Bo Nix, he kind of has more experience than TJ Finley in these situations. So I expect him to roll with Bo Nix. But I wouldn't be surprised if he starts TJ Finley. I don't know that he's going to start Bo Nix. I'm just saying that if I had to predict who would be the starter going into this game, it most likely would be Bo Nix. But you know, quarterback isn't the whole entire issue you also need some better play out of your wide receivers now for LSU their offensive line hasn't really been all that great this year especially when it comes to run blocking they're averaging a measly 2.9 yards per carry and then Orgeron also addressed the run game he said that if we're going to win this game we're going to have to get more out of our run game because we can't rely on the passing game to do everything for us now I definitely feel like if LSU can't get the run game going in this game I still feel like they could be Auburn throwing the football because I think that a lot of people are overlooking Max Johnson like I always see a lot of people talking about when Max Johnson is doing bad but Max Johnson overall from what I've watched he's been pretty good this year okay like I think not enough people are giving Max Johnson the credit he deserves you gotta remember Max Johnson is still very young okay and he has improved a lot so for me I I definitely am going to take the time to give Mac Johnson the play, the praise that he deserves for how he's performed so far this year. Because Max Johnson, man, him and Butte, man, are a pretty dynamic connection. And I know a lot of people are probably going to say, well, Keyshawn Butte is always bailing him out. Like, Max Johnson has been fairly good this year. And I'm actually fairly surprised with how Max Johnson has played. But Auburn has a really good defensive line. So for LSU fans, I've been seeing a lot of you guys talk about how concerned you are about the offensive line going into this game. That definitely could be really big, which probably is why Ed Orgeron definitely made it to be known that, you know, LSU needs to improve in the run game department. And I definitely feel like the run game is going to be big, but I feel like if Max Johnson can get some time to throw the football and he's not running for his life and he actually has a clean pocket to throw out of, he's going to do a lot of damage to Auburn's defense. Now, if LSU can get Auburn into obvious passing situations, I feel like Auburn could get into a lot of trouble. And if Auburn gets down in this game early, that's also going to cause them to be in trouble. Because listen, there are two ways to stop the run. You either shut it down, or if you can't stop the run, get up to a big lead early and force that team to have to throw the football to get back into the game. And that's going to be a really difficult task for Auburn when you also got to take into the fact that not only are their wide receivers not playing well, but they're also are going to be on the road in a hostile environment. So I'm going to take LSU to get the win. I was really close to picking Auburn, but with you know how lackluster the wide receiver play has been not really knowing what we're going to get when it comes to quarterback play I don't really know the state of the Auburn offense all I really know is that they have Tank Bigsby they have a really good rushing attack but I really feel like Ed Orgeron and this LSU defense they're going to force Auburn to beat them throwing the football at least that's what I would do I would stack the box and I would dare them and I would dare those wide receivers to make plays so when I look at LSU man I'm going to take them to win they are three and a half point favorite I think they cover give me LSU 27 to 17 is my final score prediction in this game go Tigers